Look at Matthew this morning, Matthew chapter number 28, Matthew 28, and once again we're in uh, this passage of scripture that we refer to, uh, we know as the Great Commission, and uh, we're going to uh, bring a message this morning from the Great Commission again, and tonight as well, and uh, we've adjusted some things this morning, because I wanted to have plenty of time to preach the message and take care of the things that we need to take care of at the end of the service. Uh, but then tonight, uh, I want to remind you to be here tonight. There's some uh, things that I'm going to cover tonight that I'm not, we do not have time to cover uh, in the uh, meeting at the end of the service. And so uh, some very specific things, some exciting announcements to make tonight. And so I want you to be back uh, this evening so that we can be reminded uh, of um, what we have a part in as his church. And then I'll be bringing a message from the Great Commission again tonight. And I have uh, several more outlined for the next few weeks. And so uh, I believe this will continue to be a help to us and uh, continue to uh, keep us focused uh, on that which is most important. And it certainly is reaching people with the gospel and understanding that um, I can have a part in that, uh, but there's some responsibility. I need to grow so that I can, I can have a part in that. And uh, so this morning, I'm going to be very practical, uh, but I think I'll be very helpful this morning as we look at Matthew 28. Read with me, if you will, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I will remind us of the, what the Great Commission is in just a moment, but this morning I want to preach on the subject of supporting the Great Commission. Supporting the Great Commission. Jesus has obviously given, the, given us a commission, something to do. Now, it is up to you and I of whether or not we're going to be involved in that. Uh, he gave this commission... Soon after he gave it, he ascended into heaven, takes his place at the right hand of the Father. He left that for you and I to do. Now, we can ignore the Great Commission. That would not be good. It would not only be disobedient, but it would show that we don't care about the souls of, of our fellow man. Uh, we can uh, oppose the Great Commission, and I don't know why anybody would oppose the Great Commission. Uh, or we can decide to support it. And so this morning, I'm going to be very practical, give us a few ways that we can support the Great Commission. Father, I pray that you would uh, help us as we look once again into this passage of Scripture. Father, no doubt you are concerned about the souls of men. Uh, you proved that when you sent your Son to pay the sin debt for all men. And Father, we're grateful for our salvation that comes through Christ. And Father, I pray this morning that we would all take a moment to reflect on the great gift we have in our salvation. We think about why we have this salvation. It, of course, came through faith. It's because of your love and your care for us and because of your son who was willing to pay that sin debt. And Father, may we be reminded this morning of our responsibility as your church to uh, pursue uh, the Great Commission. And Father, may we be a part of that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We look at this Great Commission, and I'll try and uh, keep the, the message moving this morning because of how much we want to accomplish. But if we're going to support the Great Commission, I must remind us what the Great Commission is. And we have Jesus speaking, obviously, after his resurrection. He's speaking from a position of authority. We talked about that last Sunday morning. That authority comes all power. And he is commissioning his church. And certainly he is 
giving this commission to the individuals of the church, but collectively as to his church. And he is telling them, we see it again in verse number 9, to go. And maybe be reminded that, well, I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm grateful for my salvation. I rejoice in being saved. We must be reminded that there's others who need to know what somebody told us, that there is a Savior and they can have forgiveness of their sin. As I review these things this morning, I want you to think back to the time when you got saved. I want you to think back to the time when maybe you sat in a service something like this and, and you felt the, the little the pricking of your heart and you felt the weight of your sin and you heard the greatest story that has ever been told, that Jesus paid for your sins, he, he, he died for you, He conquered death and hell so that you might have salvation. And that time when you put your faith and trust in Christ... He says, to go ye therefore and teach all nations. What is he instructing them to teach all nations? Teach them that he had been crucified, he was buried, and he had risen again. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had borne the sins of the whole world. Bear in mind, the world did not know this. They knew this because they were an eyewitness to what Jesus did. They were an eyewitness to his resurrection, not necessarily seeing him come forth out of that tomb, but they, he was dead, now he's alive. He had proven he was who he said he was. He had done all that he said he was going to do. Now he instructs them, go and teach those who do not know that I came to die and rose again. That is the admonishment to the church when it comes to the Great Commission. There are those, even in our nation, who is founded on Bible principles who do not know God sent his son to pay their sin debt. They're depending on a church for their salvation. They're depending on uh, the fact that maybe their grandmother went to church or they're depending on their own goodness and friend. None of those things will get you any closer to heaven. But they've never heard the story. Maybe this morning, uh, this is your first time or one of your first times in church and you're going to hear it for the first time this morning. That's part of teaching all nations. There are people we work with. There are people who live in our neighborhoods. There's people around the world that God gave the instruction to the church to go and teach them to tell them what Christ had done. After uh, a person comes to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and they are converted, they put their faith, they repent, they turn from their own works, they turn from their sin condition and put it, their faith and trust in Christ and what He did on Calvary. They acknowledge what He did and their, their, their inability to save themselves. They, God wants them to grow as a Christian. So there's that next step is to baptize them, identify them with Christ. There's a problem with a Christian who does not want to be identified with their Savior. Uh, there's, just, there's just an issue with that. Uh, there's a problem, and, and, and just to use a simple illustration, if, if you know, a man and a woman come down to an altar to get married, and by the way, it's still a man and a woman come down to an altar to get married, uh, it'll always be a man and a, and a woman come down as far as God's concerned and get married, and there's the exchanging of the rings, and you've, those of you who've been a member here for some time, you've, you've heard me You've heard others go through the little speech of the exchange of the rings and the fact that it's a symbol. And it's a symbol of your spouse's love. And you wear that. And when people see that ring, they know that you belong to somebody. 
Now, how much confidence would a wife have in her husband if he refused to wear the ring? Babe, I love you. I, yes, I, I was at the altar too. I signed the marriage certificate too. I just don't, I just don't want people to know that I'm married to you. How much confidence will we have? Why aren't you, why aren't you wearing the ring? I'll give you an illustration of this. My, my wife and I have been married for how long is it now? 20, 27, 28 years, something like that. Uh, many, many, many years ago, we were able to go to Hawaii with, with my parents. And uh, uh, we were, I was snorkeling with my mother, of all people. That's, that's a mental picture you just don't want to have right there. And, uh, and I, come out, I come out, and my ring, my wedding ring, had come off. And you know, I didn't think anything about it. Well, eventually, I'll, I'll get another one. We left under the command of my wife, and we went straight to a jewelry store. And I, I came out with a new wedding band, like I have right now. Uh, I was like, I, she, she didn't want people to think I was on the market. That's what it was. And so, you know, she, so, so she went and she got that. Why? Because there's an identification there. Now, use that illustration, and by the way, that's, that's the reason why you get baptized. It's a symbol. doesn't make you saved, just like this wedding ring doesn't make me married. But it lets people know that I'm a new creature in Christ. It lets people know that I'm identifying with what Christ did for me. That's what, that's the, that's what you try to get people to follow in that next step. Then you want them to grow so that they can be a witness to somebody else. So they can tell somebody else what Christ did to them. And let me just say, if you've been saved for 25 years or 25 days, you sharing what Christ did with you has an effect on somebody else. You sharing what, what Jesus did for you, and I knew I was a sinner, and I knew I couldn't save myself, and I just put my faith in what Christ did. Well, the fact that you trust Christ and you identify with Him and then you grow, and that's what He says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. There's, there's a way the Christian is supposed to live. Why? So that we can be a witness, so that we can be the salt, so that we can be the light in this world, so that man can come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Aren't you thankful somebody shared the gospel with you? Yes. That's why each one of us ought to be growing to where we can share the gospel with somebody else. That's the Great Commission, is to, to, to take a man through the power of Christ from an unsaved lost man to, to a saved man to the point where they grow, to the point they're a disciple of Christ. What were these disciples doing? They were winning. They were preaching the gospel. They were winning others. That in itself is the Great Commission. And Christ is commissioning His disciples, His church, to do those things. He's giving them, this is your life's mission. Do you see it? We've gone over it for several weeks now. I want to remind us of that. Now, as we think of this idea of supporting the Great Commission, and let's be very practical before I get to the outline this morning. If it's something Christ commissioned, don't you think it's worth supporting? If it's something that He gave as He left this world to await His return, it is worth us supporting it. If it involves the souls of men, it's worth supporting 
And this morning, I want to give us some very practical ways of how we can support the Great Commission. Number one is the surrender of the will. We must be willing to surrender our will to Christ's commission. And we, we have dreams. I want to do this, and I want to fulfill this, and I have goals. And, and you live in the United States of America. The, the greatest opportunity this world has ever seen is right now, in spite of everything going on in this world. You, 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 can, you can fulfill dreams. You can see things happen. But we must surrender our will to the commission of Christ. What is more important, what you want or what Christ wants? What is more important for your children that they understand that they can be part of the Great Commission or the dreams that you have for them? We must surrender our will. Aren't you thankful that Christ surrendered His will to the Father? As He's praying in that Garden of Gethsemane and in the hour of His crucifixion has come and He, he asks His Father, would you let this cup pass for me? But then He says, nevertheless, not my will but thine Aren't you thankful that Christ went to Calvary? We must surrender our will. There's no greater thing you and I can use our life for than supporting the Great Commission. How much would you value the soul of a man? It's an eternal soul. It's a soul that will never have an ending. Oh, this, this, this body, this flesh that we all have, the day is coming when it, it is going to, it, it's going to fail us. It's over. But our eternal soul lives forever. How much do you, would you value that soul? Can you put a price on a soul? Well, the only price that you can put on a soul is the blood of Christ because he shed his blood for man's eternal soul. To think that that soul is either going to burn forever in hell there are people in history who have earned and inherited and made and have in their possession billions of dollars. But if they didn't know Christ, they'll burn in hell forever. And all the fortunes in the world couldn't get them out for one hour. There's no greater commission, there's no greater purpose that we can live our life. It takes a surrender of the will to say, I'm going to have a part I want to have a part in what Christ has commissioned. Number two, there's a participation through prayer. We're thinking this morning of supporting the Great Commission. Every one of us ought to surrender our will to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us, if you haven't done it, and if you have, it'd be good to do it again and say, I am surrendering my life to have a part in, in getting the gospel to those that need it, to, to seeing people identify with Christ, uh, to, to seeing people grow, say, I'm going to surrender my will in whatever capacity I can have a part in, I want to have a part in. That's a decision that you make. There was no, there was no uh, a, a, a fairy dust or anything that fell on these disciples that day. They automatically changed and did it. There, there was no, no, nothing against their will. He gave the commission and they had to surrender their will. Surrender their life, surrender their their future to do what? Just to fulfill the Great Commission. So if I want to support the Great Commission, I can participate through prayer. What What an amazing thought that because of our relationship with Christ, we can talk to the Heavenly Father. 
I hope you've talked to him today. I hope you've already spent some time with him this morning and, and you didn't have to go to a priest to talk to him. You didn't have to send a message by way of somebody else. You access the throne of heaven through your relationship with Christ. You can pray. You should pray. We have that privilege. But how am I going to be part of a great commission? How can I support the great commission? You can participate through prayer. You can pray for souls to be saved. You can pray for souls to be softened so they hear the gospel. You can pray every Sunday morning for the pastor as he comes to preaches. You can pray every Sunday morning for the hearts to be soft and tender. You can pray for God to do a work for the Holy Spirit to have liberty so that one soul might hear a clear presentation of the gospel and that one soul might put their faith and trust in Christ. You can participate in the Great Commission by prayer. You can pray for new converts to grow. Somebody gets saved in a service like this. You ought to, when, I, when their name is announced that so-and-so trusted Christ as their Savior, you ought to make a mental note. You ought to jot it down and say you ought to come meet them, and then you ought to put them on your prayer list, and you ought to pray for them to grow. Oh, Lord, help them to, to, to get, get this next step of baptism down so they can continue to grow. You ought to pray for them. And as, as they're growing as a, as a Christian, they, when you got saved, you didn't have the Bible imparted in your mind. You didn't know everything you were supposed to do. You had to grow. The same is true for everybody when they get saved. You got to pray for them, pray for them to grow. You got to pray for them. You got to pray for laborers. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. There is a world, there's a harvest that is ready to be reaped, but you need laborers. And, and, I, and I hear this and I sympathize with it and we all will get there one day. There's many of you that were very active in going and giving the gospel, very active in ways you can serve, but time and circumstance has made it where you can't. You know, you can still pray for laborers. You can still pray for God to raise others up. You can participate through prayer. Friend, this morning, if you want to support the Great Commission, are you participating through prayer? I hope one thing I want to get accomplished today, I hope that there's a group of people, all of us will, will look at our own will and say, is it surrendered to the commission that Christ gave? Am I going to participate through prayer? What a wonderful thing, this great crowd. If everybody in here said, I'm going to participate in the Great Commission through prayer. I'm going to pray for souls to be saved. I'm going to pray for... Christians, new Christians to grow. It would be okay too if we prayed for old Christians too. But they're just not as faithful. They pray for them. Do you realize that everybody that stays in the fight, that's one more person that can be part of the Great Commission? And we ought to be, we ought to, we ought to care for souls, and we ought to want to reach the lost, and we ought to be burdened for that. But friend, we need to, we need to keep it, we do our part to keep everybody encouraged and everybody apart so that everybody can be a part of the Great Commission. So number one is a surrender of the will. Number two, participation through prayer. Number three, if we're going to support the Great Commission, you've got to support the institution of the Great Commission. I remind you that these just were not the random disciples that were there. The 11 disciples were there, and I believe there was a greater number of people there as Christ commissioned His church. When He went to those disciples and He called unto them to leave their profession... This was the founding of the church. They were called out to, to follow him and to fulfill this commission. 
he was commissioning his church. Jesus, doesn't the Bible tell us, is the cornerstone of the church? Doesn't the Bible tell us he's the head of the church? Doesn't the Bible tell us that he died for the church? The Bible tells tells us he's coming back for the church. See, we, we don't put as much emphasis on the church as Jesus did and does. He gave this commission to the church. So if I want to support the Great Commission, how many of you today think the Great Commission is a, a great thing to be a part of? It is what Christ gave. It's what Christ commissioned. The last thing he gave before he ascended into heaven, and he gave it to the church. So if it's the Great Commission, we ought to support the institution. To be committed to the commission, you must be committed to the institution to which the commission was given. There's many who say, I'm for the Great Commission, but they're not for the church. How are you for the Great Commission without being for the church? Yes, I'm getting on it again. I've been on the last few weeks. I'm going to get, next few weeks are going to be the same way. Because while others in this world is de If I was the devil, you know what I would do? I'd de-emphasize the church. If I was him, I'd say, oh, it don't matter. Because he knows Christ gave the commission to the church. And the stronger the church, the more it can do for the cause of Christ when it comes to the Great Commission. So how can you support the institution? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Attend. Attend. You got to show up every time the church assembles together. You ought to be there. See, well, Pastor, throughout the week, I can't do what others do. Well, you could be there on Sunday. That's you voting. I mean, you, you, some of you keep up with politics a lot closer than I do. But so one criticism of our elected representatives, and it's a valid criticism, they don't even show up to vote. There's an important vote. They don't even show up. Well, you see where I'm going with this. Well, I just don't understand why the, why the church... Well, show up! You might encourage somebody else to show up. Say, Pastor, why are you saying this? We're here. I know, but I'm just reminding you. Be here every time the church... Commit to it. Well, Pastor, when it's convenient, I'm there. No, 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 no. Do you just go to work when it's convenient? Well, I have to. Oh, we put a greater priority on our physical needs than our spiritual ones. Not only attendance, but financially support it. We have to financially support the institution. That's God's plan for the institution to be able to accomplish what it needs to accomplish. This is through tithes and offerings. Every Christian, if you're going to be part of the Great Commission, and I'm going to say it, and if it stings, then we know why it stings. If you're not supporting the institution of the Great Commission financially, you're hindering the Great Commission. Because there's more that could be done for the Great Commission. There's more missionaries that could be supported. There's more buses that could be on the road to go into places where the gospel needs to go. There's more that can be done 
is supporting it financially. And, and I, can say, I, can say, I can say that this morning, one, because it's true, and two, because this is a church that gives above average. But just because the church gives above average, what about you? Are you supporting the institution? Pastor, I, I want to I be part of people getting saved. I want to be part of people growing. I want to be part of a change in our, in our city, in our state, in our nation, our world. I want to be a part of that. Then you must support the institution that Jesus gave the commission to, not just through attendance, that's wonderful, be here, but it's God's plan through finances. Say, well, when I hit the lottery, I'll do it. Okay, I'll take that, but until you do. Well, the tithe is 10%. It's 10% of whatever. It's an offering. Um, how do you support the institution? This one will be less painful for some. You promote the institution. Where do you promote it first? In your own, in your own house. Many are hurting their own family because they critique and complain about the church to the people that live in their house instead of promoting the church. There's nobody in this room that has not given some commitment to the, to the, to the institution that Christ founded that it has not made a difference in your life in a very positive way. Promote it. Pr- promote the church that you can say, well, everybody goes to a church, but everybody don't go to your church. Let me say it like this. Everybody don't go to the best church. The Emmanuel Baptist Church, promote it, promote it. People ask you over the weekend, what did you do? You say, oh, this is usual. Tell them what the usual is. I went to church. Promote the music of the church. Promote the preaching of the church. Promote the program of the church. In the obvious in context of the Great Commission, we support it through soul winning. We support it through discipleship. We support it through its ministries. All the ministries of the church are designed to fulfill the Great Commission, whether it be an evangelistic to reach the lost or to help that new Christian grow. The reason why our Christian school is different than the average Christian school, and certainly different than the public school, is designed to make them a disciple. Now, they're going to get a much better education than the public school system. Let me back up. They're going to get a much, 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 much better education than the public school system. But along the way, they're going to be taught Bible principles. And what is going to be put in front of them is not a Division I scholarship, but to give your life and serve the Lord, uh, fulfilling the Great Commission, being the right kind of father one day, the right kind of mother one day, the right kind of husband one day, the right kind of wife one day, teaching a work ethic, teaching all the things that are necessary in life. It is it's part of the ministry of the church. That's why we want to support everything that is going on. Well, it's the institution that God gave the Great Commission to. We want to support the institution. Say, well, 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 Pastor, I support it only as much as I will support it. Every time that you can support it, support it. And then I give you number four. If we're going to support the Great Commission, there must be growth through repetition. Reaching the world is not complicated. Say it was easy. It's not complicated. I have mentioned several times it's our goal in we're going to do it by the grace of God to double our attendance on Sunday morning. Pastor, how are we going to do that? In passing, 
a few weeks ago when I first preached the first message of the Great Commission. I said, well, at some point I'm going to talk about how it's, it's not real hard. To, I can show you from the Bible how that a church could grow to 5,000 in 10 years. And some of you pretended like you didn't hear that and just went about your business. It's not complicated. Jesus is not going to command his church to do something that's not possible. Now, you have to have his help. You have to have his power. You have to do it his way. What is his way? It's growth through repetition. When they are commissioned, they go and they teach, they tell the story of Christ to somebody who has not heard it. That person puts their faith and trust in Christ They become a child of God. They're redeemed. They're saved from their sin. Then we want to encourage them and pray for them and help them. And part of that teaching and training them is that the first thing you do after you're saved is you follow the Lord and believers' baptism. That comes after salvation. It's not part of salvation. It comes after salvation. Then when they've identified with Christ, they have told the world publicly, hey, I've been saved by the grace of God. I'm identifying with my Savior. Then they begin to grow. You want to get a Bible in their hands so they can grow. You want to get them to Sunday school so they can be taught the things of the Word of God. You want them in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek Bible study. Well, there's many times they can be there. Why? So they can grow. You want to check on that person, and some of you can testify that because you've been saved in recent weeks, and, and just because you got saved, somebody from the church hadn't left you alone. Why is that? They want to see you grow. They want to see you grow in this new life and become all you can be for the Lord. Do you realize that every lost person you encounter is a potential disciple? Every person who trusts Christ as their Savior, when you give the gospel on their doorstep or they receive Christ in a service like this, every one of them is potential to be a disciple. So that, that is what we want them to grow to the point where they go and they say, i got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. Or somebody at work says, you're different. Or family has to have an intervention, sit down. You're different. What's going on? You're not going out like you used to. You're not doing all the things you used to do. You're not talking the way you used to talk. What's going on? Well, guess what you have an opportunity to do? You have an opportunity to tell them what Jesus did for you. It is a very, it's not only a great thing, it's a very rewarding thing for a Christian to see somebody trust Christ as their Savior. Father, Lord, and believers' baptism and grow and serve Christ and then be part of the Great Commission. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have a part in. I'm going to preach at some point on how we, the teamwork of the Great Commission, how one person may lead to Christ, but one person may encourage them to take that next step. We all have a part in that. What we do is we grow through repetition is we win one person and we want to see them grow and then we continue to give the gospel so that somebody else might get saved and now we want to see them grow 
to the point where they get to a place where now they can be a witness. And we want that new convert to take that next step and that next step and that next step. And then what do you do when that's all over? You just repeat it again. And then you repeat it again. See, what does this do? Say, Pastor, it's, I, I understand. I've been a part of this. But this is the mindset that we have got to get as God's church if we're truly going to support the Great Commission because Jesus died for the whole world. We're commissioned to reach the whole world. Acts 1.8 reminds us of that. How in the world is that going to take place? I'm telling you this morning, it is just through repetition. That's why so many churches are getting distracted because we're taking the simplicity of what God said, the simplicity of what Christ said, and we're trying to complicate it. We're trying to do it another way. He said, just win them, baptize them, teach them. And now that person can go and do likewise. When you've done that, you say, I fulfilled the Great Commission. I'm done. No, no, no. You go somebody else. So let me tell you what Christ did for you. This is thinking beyond ourselves. This is thinking beyond today. This is thinking beyond our lifetime. See, Christians have got to get back to not being so self-centered and so selfish. Well, I'm saved, my family's saved, my children are reared. And praise the Lord for that. But there's no expiration on the Great Commission. So how do I continue to be part of supporting the Great Commission? Well, I continue to have my will surrendered. I, I continue to <clears throat> participate in prayer. I continue to support the institution that, that Christ commissioned it to. And then growth through repetition. I can still be a part of encouraging others and helping others grow in their Christian life is living beyond. Living beyond. You know, it's something to remember. You don't know who it is that's being taught in that Sunday school class. You don't know what God will use them for. If nothing else, it's an eternal soul. And when you knock on that door and invite somebody to church, you don't know who's living in that house. There's eternal souls there, but you don't know who God could use. Well, my desire, long after my life is done, is that there will be a work left behind that continues for the grace of God. Not necessarily just some buildings that have been built, because, but that's part of it because those are tools. But there will be people who I had a part in giving them the gospel. I had a part in seeing them take that next step. I had a part in their growth. I had a part in them being a disciple, in them continuing to train somebody else. Well, it's something that we have to determine, we have to decide, are we going to live beyond ourselves? How do you do it? Through the Great Commission. By supporting the institution of the Great Commission. 
I've said it to us as a church, and I'll say it to us again as we get ready to close. This church has an opportunity to make an impact in this generation. With not just what God is doing here locally, but the way God is allowing us to reach around the world. And some I'll share with you tonight, some that'll come later. There's no doubt with our missions ministry and the things that we have, we have an opportunity with our printing ministry to impact this generation. That's an awesome thought to me. But in doing so, we impact our neighbors, our coworkers. But if we impact this generation, you know what it means? We impact the next generation. And potentially the generation after that. How do we do that? It's all by supporting the Great Commission. It's all by supporting what Christ gave as his instructions to the church. This morning as we go to invitation, I want us to accomplish a couple of things. First of all, if you've never been saved, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, make today your day of salvation. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. You can pay for your sins. But to do so, you've got to, you've got to spend eternity in hell paying for your sins. Or you can accept Christ's payment for your sins. Believing in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, if you've never been saved, I trust that you'll get that settled today. Perhaps you've been saved, but you've never been scripturally baptized. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you to take that next step. Identify with the one who saved you. It's not part of salvation, but it's identification. Maybe you've taken those next two steps. Let's commit to the institution. Let's be part of the institution. Maybe today is church membership that you need to make a decision on. Let's continue to grow. Let's continue to be a part. Let's, let's participate in prayer. I pray that everybody would surrender their will. Uh, Heavenly Father, whatever you bring my way where I can be part of supporting the Great Commission, I want to be a part of it. May we pray. May we, may we surrender today to pray to be a part of the Great Commission through prayer, to support the institution. It'd be a shame for you to... I understand Christians that will support an NFL team more than they'll support the local church. They'll support the Boy Scouts more than they'll support the local church. I'm not saying this is us. It's just a reminder, this is the most important institution. Because it's the institution that Christ gave the Great Commission to. And then are we going to be part of it so that we can continue even beyond our life? Beyond our time? Well, let's allow the Lord to speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that you would use your word today, use this simple yet practical message.